Warning, it's almost 2019 and we still haven't gotten close to hitting 2018's profanity quota. This week's episode of The Scathing Atheist is brought to you by the new revisionist toothpaste, Popsident. Get your Messiah three shades whiter in just a few generations with Popsident. And now, The Scathing Atheist. This is Greta, an actual internet porn provider. And I'm here to tell you that not only did we evolve from filthy monkey men, based on the number of unsolicited dick pics I've received, we all still are filthy, filthy monkey men. It's December 27th. And in what may be the worst idea ever, it's Visit the Zoo Day. (laughs) Fuck, kids, just say hi to the penguins and get them back in the fucking car. Jesus, it's fucking cold. (laughs) I'm no illusions. I'm Eli Bosnick. I'm Heath Enright. And from New York's Table Scraps, Pilot Fish, New Jersey, (laughs) Cincinnati Swing State, and Good Husband, Georgia, this is The Scathing Atheist. On this week's episode, Noah refuses to let me do a podcast yule log. We learn how that relates to Eli's vision board about his annual solid shit. And we'll bid farewell to 2018 as though we were waving away a fart. But first, the diatribe. So I've been getting into video game history lately, and I come across a nugget the other day that I had to share with y'all. It's a fun little tidbit about a Christian game manufacturer called Wisdom Tree Games. But to understand the significance of their story, I have to dive a little bit into early console history. So apologies in advance if you don't give a wet shit about any of that. But trust me, it eventually circles around to a relevant atheism point. Okay, so in 1977, Atari released the Video Computer System, or VCS, often now referred to as the Atari 2600. And as starry-eyed as its creators were, nobody could have first seen the success it was going to achieve. By 1982, they'd sold over 10 million of these motherfuckers, which means that damn near one household in eight in the U.S. had one of these things in their living room. Now, it never occurred to Atari that eventually they'd have this nice, juicy install base for third-party developers to salivate over so they didn't have any kind of proprietary code in there or anything. Basically, Anybody who knew how to code games could release a cartridge that would play on the 2600. So when a group of disgruntled Atari employees left the company to form Activision and do exactly that, Atari responded with a lawsuit that backfired spectacularly. Soon after, there was a legally binding ruling saying that anybody who wanted to could release games for their system. Now, maybe this is fair and maybe it isn't, but regardless, it's a big part of the reason Atari turned south so quickly after their initial success. Their whole business model was to sell the console itself for near cost and make their profit on the back of the game sales. And at the same time, Atari's dealing with the huge financial hit of these third-party game developers carving out a slice of their pie. They're also dealing with a market that's suddenly flooded with really shitty games, right? I mean, Activision was making great stuff, but less talented developers were grinding out utter shit and selling it alongside the best games the system had to offer. So when you went to buy an Atari game, it was a coin flip whether you were going to get something that was going to give you more than eight seconds of gameplay. So several years later, this little video game company in Japan called Nintendo decided to try their hands at the console market. And before they did, they studied the rise and fall of Atari in detail. 
Eventually, they concluded the main reason the company failed was this inability to control the game market. So they built a lock into their system, right? Unless the game had proprietary code that acted as a key to that lock, the games wouldn't play on the Nintendo Entertainment System that they were going to sell. Of course, this did not stop third-party developers from trying and occasionally succeeding in breaking that code and coming out with Nintendo-compatible games. But even when they did, it gave Nintendo a much more legally defensible position in court. So like when unlicensed third party developers did start to push their way in, the corporation had a much stronger hand to play to develop that third party game. They had to insert proprietary code, which as often as not, the developers had to steal from Nintendo. Now, in the late 80s and early 90s, this earned Nintendo a reputation as one of the world's most litigious companies. They sued every fucking body except one tiny little third party developer called Wisdom Tree Games. Now, If the other developers Nintendo was suing were shoplifters, Wisdom Tree Games was a fucking bank robber. And yet they were the only company to ever successfully release an unlicensed game for the NES. The game was called Super 3D Noah's Ark. And it's probably the most blatant plagiarism in video game history, okay? It was it was basically a pixel-for-pixel pixel ripoff of Wolfenstein 3D, except the graphics were changed so that instead of playing an allied spy that killed Nazis, you played Noah and you calmed down animals with fruit that made them fall asleep. But, but like, the layout of Noah's Ark was coincidentally exactly the same as the layout of Castle Wolfenstein, down to the elevators, Now, this game was released in 1994, and and that wasn't a great time for Nintendo from a PR perspective. By then, parents and senators were freaking the fuck out over violence in video games and warning of the murderous, turtle-stomping generation that Nintendo was trying to turn their children into. Like a year earlier, the head of Nintendo, Sega, and a couple of third-party game developers had been drugged in front of the Senate to be grilled about their marketing. A bunch of pop psychologists were cashing in on the fear-mongering and parental groups were organizing to try to restrict game sales to kids. So Nintendo's corporate offices were no doubt leery about the public perception of this big-ass company stomping all over a plucky little Christian game developer that just happened to be the most egregious rip-off artist in the industry. And look, before they were Wisdom Tree Games, this company was just an unsuccessful software developer trying to push unlicensed games for other companies' systems just like a bunch of other ones. After crapping out on that a couple of times, though, they made the switch to Christian games because they knew they wouldn't be sued. Right. This wasn't like some religious conviction. This was a marketing decision. The people heading up the company knew that Christianity would give them extraordinary consideration in legal matters and help insulate them from playing by the rules that everyone else had to play by. You see this same phenomenon in in a smaller scale when corporate logos are hijacked to send religious messages, right? Like if you or I ripped off the Reese's logo as blatantly as the guy selling the Jesus Pieces shirt, we'd get a letter from their lawyer. But Christianity is a cloak of legal protection, and these failed capitalists that can't succeed inside the bounds of the law take advantage of that. And it's important that we keep this in mind because when Christians in America talk about being persecuted, what they're really talking about are threats to this unearned privilege. They fear that they'll be reduced to playing by the rules that everyone else has to play by. And anybody who tried out one of Wisdom Tree's original games will know good and damn well they don't stand a chance in a level playing field. They're talking about your Jesus. Interrupt this broadcast bring you a special news bulletin. Joining me for headlines tonight are nobody. Heath and Eli might have sounded like they were here during the intro, and they'll sound like it again, but that's all through the magic of podcasting. We actually recorded this show in advance so that we could take a few days off this week, so please enjoy these never-before-heard headlines already in progress. 
And in the Fulton R. Mars news tonight, John while Green religion was still locked in that ongoing debate <laughs> about the angelic density of metallic discs two millimeters in diameter, science landed on Mars for the eighth fucking time, this time with an 800-pound robot the size of a car that will enable us to accurately model the interior of the planet. Boo, nerds, where's my fucking blowjob robot? Boo. <laughs> you have... <laughs> I think it's at Josh Gad's house, actually. Oh, <laughs> make more money. I'm in so but, much uh, pain. <laughs> if, uh, if you're on a budget, though, um, you got a turkey baster, right? You're all set. Just just cut the end <laughs> off of that. You're good. Blow job life hacks with Heath. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> That's his new thing, everybody. You heard it. <laughs> crying out for help. It's it Basically, it's just a different way of saying the same Blow thing. Blow job life hacks is the opposite. That's just awesome. That's not calling out your... We're calling out for help that you didn't get in on that. That's cool. All right. So while the announcement of yet another successful application of human ingenuity came with pictures, not everyone was buying it. For example, Bishop Anthemos of Thessalonica, a Greek Orthodox priest from a drag show in the 1400s, cast doubt on the whole endeavor when he advised his congregants to take the stories about NASA's latest accomplishment with a grain of salt. And not because NASA's lying about landing on Mars but because they're lying about Mars existing. That's right. <laughs> According to Anthemos, Earth is the only planet. Cool, 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 cool. So as a species, our scientific knowledge is averaging out at like steam engines? What do we think? <laughs> What's the meaning? Actually, probably closer to just, you know, steam. Just yeah, steam. really, when you factor in. Hot water. Everybody. All right, so this revelation comes not from Holy Scripture, but from, this is his citation, not mine, a Greek scientist whose name he didn't catch, who assured him that other planets is a load of shit from the man. Quote, <laughs> he, the unnamed scientist, told me that many young scientists came to the conclusion that there are no other planets besides Earth, adding, and I love this proscript <laughs> so goddamn much, quote, their findings have not been published yet. <laughs> it's true. The guy's just like, oh, I was gonna, but I think my email got lost where I sent it to you is the thing. Oh, uh, really? Your your email got lost? What's your email? I'll, I'll search my spam folder. I'll find it. Go. Oh, it is J. J. Wub wobble you. Do you have <laughs> you? Yeah. On your uh, keyboard? Plentyofblackfriends.com. Okay, Absolutely. moving on. That's right. It's a dating site. <laughs> uh, so now, this was a sermon, so there are no follow-up questions about, you know, what those things we can see with our naked eyes are, but they're sure as fuck not planets according to Greek Orthodox science. Also, no word yet on where NASA put that big-ass robot, but given the nature of NASA, I think we know somebody took it home and fucked it. So they do have my blowjob robot. <laughs> yes, they do. They do. You just, you can't spell that out when you're a Greek Orthodox priest. You just have to kind of insinuate. Wink. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and in Orange, you glad I didn't say banana news tonight. Christian apologist Kent Hovind said that oranges disprove evolution this week, making my headline intro the funniest thing anyone has ever written. So, <laughs> that in mind, I'm going to re-deliver my opening lines. I really appreciate it. I was going to ask uh, you just one more time, a little more yeah, feeling. exactly. And great. in orange, you glad I didn't say banana news tonight. Thank you. I'm a genius. Ray, Com Ray Comfort Banana. 
Orange is what yep. Ken Hovind said. Classic knock-knock joke. People are aware of it. Here we go. So here is Ken Hovind's thinking. I don't know if it's just... Okay, yeah. Th- thinking's not the right word. Here's what I think the point of his 37-minute YouTube ramble about literally everything to do with oranges was. <laughs> Quote, you think all those oranges and those trees that are producing it and the dirt that's holding it all came from a dot of nothing that exploded 13.7 billion years ago, end quote? Mm, yes. I mean... I, yes. So, I'm sorry. So, <laughs> so orange was just a stand-in for thing, right? Yep. <laughs> for noun. Yeah, he, he rotates it. I'm pretty sure it was lettuce a while ago, and mm-hmm. then cabbage, and, and now orange. Whenever Kent Hovind sees a new plant, he thinks he just won a new argument. I'm pretty sure that's what's happening in his fucking stupid face. And he's like, all right, fine. Lettuce is pretty simple. Uh, Last video was stupid. But look at these fucking segments. That is complex. Watchmaker. He continues, quote, how many trillions of intermediate steps would there have to be to go from a dot of nothing to an orange tree? And where is the evidence? (laughs) Yeah, by the way, to be clear, Yes, he's holding an orange when he asks for that evidence. <laughs> yeah, inside of a human hand yeah. that he has. <laughs> right. He continues, is there any scientific evidence for all these supposed changes you guys talk about? <laughs> End quote. Yes. Yep. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Either way, it's uh, it's nice to see Christian Apology expanding its branding. Pretty sure we're going to get a video next week from Matt Powell called I tried to open a coconut and now I'm an atheist. <laughs> <laughs> and in failing the bar news, Donald Trump has a new candidate to become attorney general after putting the thing from Fantastic Four in charge as acting AG last month. It looks like Trump decided to copy off Bush Sr.'s homework now that he's dead. Oh, I thought you were going to tell me he so, died. Oh, so, <laughs> so the current frontrunner for the permanent job is William P. Barr, who was AG from 1991 to 93, back when America was great again. And even liberals hated gay people. It's going to be great. And just to be clear, when I say permanent job, I mean he'll have the job for the cabinet average of in, until after lunch or <laughs> until he takes a plea deal and goes to jail for medium treason down from heavy treason. Whichever comes first. That's the pattern right now. He's moving his stuff in and Tyler's like, wow, putting stuff in drawers, huh? The ball's on this guy. Look at this guy. All right. Relax. Relax. We'll get super excited, man. We usually just keep it in the cardboard box. So you can Don't be a dick. So just in case being chosen by Donald Trump isn't enough to make you terrified of William P. Barr, here's a few highlights from his career. First of all, he landed on Trump's radar, not because our president has any knowledge of very recent history or thought to himself, hey, maybe Bush Sr. knew what the fuck he was doing a billion times better than me. No, Trump met William P. Barr when he was thinking about hiring himself a defense attorney for something. <laughs> uh, being innocent extra hard? I'm not yes. sure. For something. But okay, but that means that 
if he actually got confirmed, Barr would almost certainly have to recuse himself from the Mueller investigation, which would be goddamn hilarious. Exactly. It would be worth having this asshole as our AG just to see that happen, right? Amazing. Pan out to a long line of AGs recusing themselves led by <laughs> Leslie Nielsen. Just, damn it, yeah, woman, right. I recuse myself. I recuse myself. <laughs> yeah, so William Barr is an evangelical Christian bigot. Okay, sorry, um, bad writing. Barr is an evangelical who spent a bunch of his career helping create our absurd mass incarceration problem and helping Bush Sr. pardon a bunch of guilty people Mm -hmm. right as he was leaving office, which was probably the title of his resume when he applied for Trump's job. And more recently, he supported the firing of James Comey and made a very incisive argument against the Mueller investigation by pointing out that Hillary Clinton, quo qui. And um, (laughs) if it wasn't obvious, he's a theocrat who is 100% under the impression that God wants him to take a giant shit on the First Amendment and also help overturn Roe v. Wade, or at the very least, remove female bodily autonomy one state at a time, just like the Founding Fathers intended. Well, I, I, I mean, the rights of women are basically the one spot where he probably is eye to eye with the founding fathers. You know, he just doesn't have the it's the 1770s to hide behind. Yeah. Same with the powdered wig and wooden teeth. Dude, it's just weird. It's just weird. <laughs> yeah. And uh, here's a few of William Barr's exact words on the topic of secular America. Oh, good. Quote. Legalized abortion and the deterioration of the traditional family are among the most obvious signs of pervasive moral collapse, end quote. Proving, among other things, that he's never been to a live game record. Right. (laughs) And uh, Barr also added the following, quote, the secularists of today are clearly fanatics. Their debunking of the Judeo-Christian moral tradition Science is what he just described there. Yeah. Science, <laughs> yep. what trying to say, has produced soaring juvenile crime. Nope. What? Widespread drug addiction. Nope. What? Skyrocketing rates of venereal disease. Nope. From the opposite. secularism. From the secularism. <laughs> Secular venereal diseases. Nope. Opposite. <laughs> and 1.5 million children aborted each year. End quote. And that last one was correct at the time he said it. And also amazing. You're all welcome. <laughs> Fucking abortions are great. You're welcome. Heath, we didn't perform those abortions. Credit where credit is due. Come okay, on, whoever did it, great job. <laughs> on behalf of them, you're all fucking welcome. And uh, just last thing before we wrap it up, you should have voted for Hillary Clinton. Oh, yeah, there case, it is. In case that we wasn't obvious. I know. And in bad habits news tonight. According to an internal investigation at the St. James Catholic School in Torrance, California, over the past six years, two nuns there have embezzled something like half a million dollars to spend on, among other things, flights to Vegas to gamble away the money they just stole. They reportedly skim money off tuition dues, fees, and donations while telling parents that the school is having budget concerns, which, to their credit, was almost certainly true. (laughs) (laughs) It's like a really sad sequel to Empire Records. <laughs> yeah. So fun fact, um, son of God, bad at blackjack. Would have guessed he'd be better. He's just got his head in a vice somewhere. Like, okay, this is a this is a fun new one. This is a fun. You know, least, <laughs> least trouble is actually gonna love this. I can't wait to, 
explain is he can do a lot of cool chip tricks. Okay, but (laughs) like if these nuns stole the money from the Catholic Church and gambled it away. Isn't there a pretty solid argument that they did a good thing? Right? I, I mean, it didn't it, go a, a neutral the thing, at cabal? least, maybe. Um, right? no, it's also <laughs> worth noting, by the way, that the half million is just what their investigators know about. And there's a lot of reasons to believe it's more. That number comes from audited bank records over the past six years. So if anybody was donating cash, that isn't showing up. Also, the diocese has indicated that they won't press charges against the two nuns because they'll be fucked sideways if they're going to let state investigators turn poking around in their finances and also forgiveness or something. <laughs> They're like a drug dealer out in front of his house talking to police about how he got shot in the face. Just like, <laughs> hey, officers. Cool. Thanks. Thanks for coming. I'm fine. Not pressing charges for the <laughs> face shooting. It <laughs> all happened out here outside of the building. Okay, bye. You guys are good. I love how often this happens on our show. This is our 97th. Sure, he robbed us, but you just mosey along now. Yeah. Right. Is it something worse than face shooting inside of there? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. What? This guy, no. officer, jokes and fun. <laughs> <laughs> and look, Did not fuck kids. What? I am just going to toss this out here since it seems to be especially relevant at the moment. This could not happen if churches were treated like all the other nonprofits. Okay, so like if churches had to account for where their money's going, this kind of shit couldn't happen. And obviously the churches are willing to pay the occasional half million dollar hooker and blow budget for a couple of nuns to protect their ability to take advantage of that same system. Remember, boys and girls, the existing tax structure only benefits the churches and the primary people at Fox are the congregants. <laughs> hmm. And in massive aggressive news tonight, a bit of good news we didn't get to report on last month was the passage of an anti-discrimination law in Massachusetts that protected transgender rights. The ballot measure passed with a whopping 67% of the vote, leading Christian hate groups to do some oddly public soul searching. It's like, fuck, okay, okay, we've dealt with laws like this before. Uh, I guess we treat them like a, a black guy? Uh, Muslim? I don't know. A black guy Muslim? So Christian bigot factory Mass Resistance, the major political force against the ballot, took to their website in a shockingly honest summary that included admitting that the whole dudes will sneak into bathrooms to fuck kids thing was total bullshit. Yeah, no, the confessional is way more private. Yeah, exactly. So here's the actual quote from their fucking website. Quote, The rallying cry of the pro-family groups, that's them, trying to repeal the law was the well-known bathroom safety argument that in addition to transgenders, this law allows male sexual predators to lurk in women's restrooms to prey on girls and women. This was technically true, but largely contrived. They also talked about privacy in restrooms and locker rooms, end quote. So yeah, Gotta admit, that was total horseshit. But the best part is they follow this up with like, hear me out, new plan. Oh, is it is it to <laughs> sneak into bathrooms and fuck kids? I feel like that's the next stage. Uh, bathrooms for non-Christians. They'll be separate, but uh, nope, nope. They'll be detached, but just as good. But no, you're allowed to say separate, but equal yeah. now. It's okay. Yeah. You can say yeah, about the close. Space Force, close. whatever. So, so here's the new plan, quote. 
About a month before the election, mass resistance activists formed their own no to three ballot committee to campaign on this. They felt strongly that three important points were not being presented to the public. Here are their points. One, the LGBT movement, civil rights argument, has no basis whatsoever. Evidence not included. Well, no, because they don't have civil. They're not. What? Right. <laughs> Two. That transgenderism is actually a mental disorder and a destructive ideology. Scientifically false. That's fun. That's fun. And three, this law forces people to accept an absurd lie. Men can never become women. End quote. Is that so, yeah. the absurd lie? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> whoops. Phrasing. <laughs> so, yeah, their new plan is gay people don't even need civil rights. The earth is flat. Uh, gay marriage meant I had to suck a dick and this law means I have to ice cream scoop my wang. <laughs> that's, their, that's their new plan. Yeah, still, I do like the refreshing honesty, I guess. <laughs> Hope they keep that up. That up. Mr. Smith, Mr. Smith, Mr. Smith. Mr. Smith. Uh, now, now, hold on, hold on. I have a prepared statement and then I'll take questions. Uh, we at the Family Values Voter Fund have fought long and hard against the rights of other people for one reason and one reason only, power. We are a mixture of the mentally ill, the socially blinded, and the downright evil, and so much as that concept has any real meaning, and by pretending to be concerned about the private lives and choices of our fellow citizens, we have bought ourselves tremendous power and privilege. This is because we are aware, perhaps unconsciously, but probably not, that the underlying cause of our bad behavior, religion, is socially unacceptable to address. Be it the left, the right, or in the center, we as a society continue to treat the symptoms and not the disease because our mom has that disease and fuck if we're going to have that conversation. Am I right? Uh, I will continue to behave this way without consequences until I die. Any questions? Mr. Smith, Mr. Smith, Mr. Smith. Yes, yes, over here. Yes, um, mainstream media here. Uh, I'd like to promote your viewpoint through exposure without addressing the underlying cause. May I call you a naughty, naughty Christian? Y you may. I'm not listening. Naughty. Go fuck yourself. Naughty. I just made a million dollars off of old people. Naughty Christian. And Indonesia to come with me news tonight. Indonesia defied Vegas odd makers this week by sucking even more after the government announced the release of a new free app that would make it easier to punish your neighbor for having the wrong God. Now, the app would seek to make reporting blasphemy easier and quicker so that the police in the nation with the world's fifth highest rate of violent crime could be more easily diverted to dumb shit. Okay, yes. Yeah. So the app is called Smart Packham. And it's about time for everyone to download that app and start spamming the fuck out of it. Just get creative. Everyone whatever. report me. Just I, <laughs> no illusions. Did it again, guys. Okay, maybe, <laughs> maybe don't throw our names out there. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's keep our funny friends here at the Scathing Atheist kicking, huh? Because <laughs> Charlie Hebdo is in France, you know. They didn't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the app, which was no doubt introduced after a cutaway to a harried mother dropping a torch and a pitchfork on the kitchen floor and exclaiming, there has to be a better way, will allow users to report groups, quote, practicing unrecognized faiths or unorthodox interpretations of Indonesia's six officially recognized religions, end quote. <laughs> and no, by the way, the none of the above is not one of the six recognized answers. So in addition to modernizing the reporting process, it will also list edicts and blacklisted organizations so that people don't accidentally fail to discriminate against them. 
All right. Well, I really want to see that commercial now. Just a millennial Muslim looking over his neighbor's tree. It's got a knot that <laughs> kind of looks like Muhammad. Like, <laughs> honey, honey, you keep dropping the torches, pitchforks. They're broken. Should we call the cops? <laughs> uh, ugh, I, I can't even. I don't know. Use the new app, honey. Use the new <laughs> app. Oh, sorry. Alexa, honor kill my daughter. <laughs> <laughs> Now, it would be easy to talk at this point about how easy to abuse this app would be since people who practice the five officially recognized religions that aren't Muslim are already discriminated against and subjected to spurious blasphemy allegations. But since the process of using it incorrectly is exactly as immoral as the one for using it correctly, that point seems superfluous. So I won't bother to make it. (laughs) And in raving atheist news tonight, you know. Here are the scathing atheists. It's a rare treat when we get to report on atheists being jerks. Eli, I said I was fucking sorry, dude. No, it's not about that. It's not about that. Come back to it later. I mean, sure, the Chinese are burning down churches and stuff, but we're supposed to pretend that isn't funny. And with story (laughs) after story of a nativity display or some other creeping theocracy coming across our desks, well, we could feel a little left out in the jerk department. So... When a story like the one I'm about to tell you comes along, we can't help but feel a little like it's a Christmas miracle. I feel like we can help. At first glance, this seems to be our (laughs) usual fare. A couple in British Columbia won a discrimination lawsuit against a preschool that kicked their child out for being atheist. But like a girl with a nose ring, the deeper you dig into this, the more crazy it gets. (laughs) But like the good crazy, right? Like, you might get kicked in the neck at any moment, but you're pretty excited about it. You're like, what? (laughs) That'll be fun, maybe. I feel like we accidentally hit on the root of your relationship problems a lot on this show. It might be the (laughs) thesis of all of our shows, like (laughs) a cohesive theme. Surprised. So here's the story. Back in 2014, this couple, we'll call them Noah and Lucinda, enrolled their kid... Eli. In this preschool. And the dad, you'll see, Shmoa we'll call him Shmucinda. It's yeah, fine. We'll, we'll call him Shmoa. He was on the <laughs> board of directors. So November rolls around. The board's discussing how the school should celebrate the holidays. And someone suggested clay elf ornaments. And dad said no, which I understand. So the board offered to include menorahs and candles and other shit to make it more inclusive. To which he responded with the following email, which read in part, quote, As Richard Dawkins, author of The God Delusion, has written, there is no such thing as a Muslim, Jewish, or Christian, etc., baby, toddler, child. They are simply too young to be making these sorts of decisions. As a side note, I certainly hope there will be no discussion of Santa Claus at BIMS. That's the name of the school. I am absolutely against anyone blatantly lying to my daughter. Just some thoughts from an atheist family. Please accept my apologies. If this offends, end quote. (laughs) I love it. Just like, please don't tell lies to my child. Pretty please. Sorry in advance if you really did want to lie to her, though. Um, (laughs) Sorry. Sorry. Like, I might as well just say Canada, 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 Richard Dawkins, Canada. Sorry. 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 Canada. Right. So the board responds by being like, okay, douche nozzle, what kind of ornaments do you want? To which he suggested, and these are real, an ornament that said skeptic, an ornament that said atheist, someone who believes in one fewer gods than you do, and my favorite, an ornament of a plane crashing into the Twin Towers with the quote, atheists don't fly airplanes into buildings. 
you know, okay. for preschool decorations. <laughs> I mean, we don't, but yeah. You pull a, a little, little string, little people leap out of it. No, it's fun. It's fun. It's our Christmas crackers. Exactly. Oh, that would be such a great atheist advent calendar. I'm just saying, if anybody wants to come up with that, you open it up, one of them oh, falls out. Different terrorist thing that we don't do. Now, as you can guess, this argument spiraled out of control over the following weeks with emails and phone calls that included both parents complaining about the school acknowledging Easter and Valentine's Day and culminating in dad marching around one school board meeting, throwing Hitler salutes and singing his what? own made up lyrics to O Canada. <laughs> okay. That, that part was less Canadian. I feel like he <laughs> started becoming pretty American there for a second. Ugh, gross. Making atheism look bad. Like, I feel like black people listening to Steph Curry and Kyrie Irving talk about science. Like, You're right. Not fun. Right. So to get us back on the Schmoa and Schmusminda side, the following year, because they wanted to kick them out, the preschool drafts this multiculturalism is important to us document that says like, oh, we acknowledge all the holidays at our school and ask the parents. And it turns out, only the atheist parents to sign it, <laughs> which, of course, they refused to do, what? which means that the preschool denied the kid re-enrollment to the school and thus the victory in court. Because, unfortunately, your dad marched around a school board meeting acting like Hitler is not grounds <laughs> for readmitting a kid to school. <laughs> Feels like it almost should be. Like, there need to be consequences. <laughs> but, yeah, not quite. Not quite. And also... Uh, this is a Montessori school, by the way. It feels like dad could use some Montessori night school for adults. Just let them walk around, play with blocks, and uh, sing about Hitler, apparently. <laughs> Just let it all out, whatever he needs to do. <laughs> Fuck. And in one hand, slow clapping news. Christianity saw another big wooden box held up by a stick this week with a picture of a finch's beak inside, and they angrily dove right in because they're... <laughs> Fucking stupid. <laughs> and this particular idiot trap came in the form of public schools allowing kids to spend time <laughs> sitting and breathing. Yeah, you heard me correctly. Kids in public schools are sitting and breathing like Satanist Jew Muslims, Buddhist Hindus. So, <laughs> Anna, hit it. What are the guys talking about? It's the newest, the greatest Christian freakout. That's right. We have a Christian activist group that heard the word meditation and had a meltdown about Buddhist and Hindu propaganda in public schools. Meditation. I want to hear the message. How dare you practice noticing the thinker of thoughts, motherfuckers? <laughs> I know, like, like, this would be like atheists trying to ban patty cake because it forces you to do pray hands, but somehow we get excoriated every time we say, eh, you know, maybe your Jesus is God, you filthy Muslim sign shouldn't be on a courthouse fucking lawn. We're <laughs> the bad guys, really? <laughs> yeah, so this particular group of trap-diving idiots is the American Center for Law and Justice, oh, or ACLJ, which is run by Donald Trump's personal lawyer, Jay Sekulow, yep. actually. And he's in jail. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they heard about the meditation and immediately panicked over all the damage to Christianity that could be caused by mindfulness, I guess. <laughs> when asked if they wanted me to repeat that last part so they could 
think about the words. They <laughs> said, no, absolutely yes. not. We would not. Thinking about the words too similar to mindfulness. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. So instead, they cleaned off the pile of shit from their copy of the First Amendment and decided to start a campaign to stop public schools from continuing this religious indoctrination. Because again, sitting and breathing is a violation of church-state separation. To these right, people. no, yeah, like evolution and geology. Okay, <laughs> in their defense, meditation does lead you to realize the eternal nature of the mind, the effortless knowing of the knower, and innate Buddha nature. It is a gateway drug. I'm saying it's a gateway drug. <laughs> So the level of insanity here is just breathtaking. It's, it's, uh, Heath, it's I feel like breathtaking would be a form of Buddhist indoctrination. Please, hair raising. Hair raising. <laughs> so here's the exact words we got from the ACLJ. Keep in mind, this is supposed to be describing something scary. Right, yeah, that. right. <laughs> Quote, imagine your child hearing an audio recording that tells them to clear their minds to watch their memories and emotions float away on clouds and to feel the love and warmth from their connection to the universe. I should do this more evil. Imagine your child subjected (laughs) to mindfulness (laughs) sessions that are similar to anciently established Buddhist and Hindu practices, love and warmth floating away on clouds. End quote. Instead of the 98 hours of square dancing I got in school, I will burn this shit to the ground, to the ground. Yes, so it's pretty great when crippling paranoia ends up tricking religious people into fighting for the secular cause. Gotta love that. (laughs) Especially when the secular cause was already being carried out in this example and the meditation had exactly zero Buddhist or Hindu scripture built in. But regardless, I love the idea that Christian people are picturing their kids at public school just wrapped in a giant tantric orgy summoning Shiva to devour Jesus or whatever they're terrified is happening. <laughs> Just every time they see their kids sitting and breathing, they dive across the room and tackle the kid out of the sitting pose. Like, stop clearing your mind. Stop it. <laughs> Think about stuff right now. Think yeah, about something. Do more. Do more. You step right back <laughs> under the waterfall of your thoughts, young man. That's right. Right back under the waterfall. And in still tugging on my Johnson news tonight. There it is. The There we go. Nailed it. That was pretty good. The Trump administration is trying to repeal the Johnson Amendment again. Okay, well, technically, again, again, again. Yeah. Trying to do it. You have to to pull several times before it comes. Yes. (laughs) Yes. In a will they, won't they matched only by Ross and Rachel, if one of the outcomes of that relationship had allowed Ross to funnel undisclosed amounts of money to political candidates, (laughs) the Trump administration tried to sneak their fourth attempt to repeal the Johnson Amendment into year-end tax legislation before they give up control to the Democrats and, you know, democracy in the new year. So they're trying to... (laughs) Yeah, all that's left on the docket is this and for Paul Ryan to put all the House pens inside of himself and then put them back (laughs) they did in Wisconsin. Yeah. And then lick them all just to be sure that he got, you know. Yeah, so uh, let's review uh, for the new listeners. Hi, new listener. Uh, I'm Eli, kind of the intellectual of the group. Other things I'm, surround I'm, that. I'm but... Noah. I'm the sassy one. <laughs> cool. He doesn't have one. Business as usual. Anyway, the <laughs> Johnson, Johnson Amendment. Amendment. I don't need to say it there. It's, it's, it's understood. It's tacitly understood. He's still sure. iconic. Yep. There's no reason for to the say new it. ones. Yep. Unspoken. Unspoken. Wild card. Unspoken wild card. Wild card. Unspoken. Doesn't need to be said. Assumed. Wild card. 
So the Johnson Amendment is that pesky provision in the U.S. tax code that prevents 5013Cs, including churches, from endorsing or opposing political candidates. And if you're thinking, hey, I might be a new listener, but don't religious assholes do that all the time? Yes, they do. But the fact that nobody enforces it doesn't mean it's not a good thing for there to be a law against it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, totally. No, it's like treason or um, <laughs> shooting a black guy. With- yeah, yes, <laughs> right. Exactly. No, exactly. No, no, no. Yeah. See, because without the Johnson Amendment, there would be even less resistance to churches becoming giant off the book super PACs for whoever God told them there should be president this month, which, as you can imagine, is exactly why Donald Trump has been trying to repeal it since he was elected. Well, yeah, that and a gross misunderstanding of what Putin meant when he said castrate the U.S. government. (laughs) Yeah, so for the record, first, Donald Trump tried to gut the Johnson Amendment via an executive order. But if an executive order could change the U.S. tax code, Trump would be in so much less trouble. So, (laughs) No, that didn't work. Tyler, is there an executive order to time travel? (laughs) Not yet. Not yet. So secondly, Republicans tried to include it in their omnibus spending bill, but it was cut from the final version. Then Republicans tried a third time in July with an appropriations bill and it failed again. And now, as I said at the beginning of this story, they're aiming to go out in a blaze of theocratic glory. Yeah, they they also added language to this bill that said fetuses count as people now according to taxes. <laughs> yes, this it's is not such great. bullshit. <laughs> it's not great. And look, the three-time failure of this attempt might make the stakes seem low, but they only have to get it through once. And if they do, the consequences are really, really dire. To quote the Freedom From Religion Foundation, this would, quote, allow churches to become unaccountable, unregulated super PACs through which dark political money will flow, end Uh, quote. Not adding more. more. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) On the other hand, I mean... To be fair, the IRS is overworked as it is. Yeah. Um, it's got to be exhausting to ignore this rule every day. <laughs> right? Maybe, right. Yeah. Maybe we take a few of those rules off the table for them. Yeah. Yeah. And, and if you're thinking to yourself, hold on a second, aren't super PACs inherently unaccountable, unregulated things through which dark political money flows? Yes. Yes, mm-hmm. they That's, are. That's not an exoneration, though. Churches suck too. So. This would be like a Voltron of tax dodges and corporate influence, basically. Yeah. So (laughs) if you've got a brand spanking new congressman, and I know a lot of you do, maybe give him or her a ring to let him know you'd like to keep church and state legally separated, even if it's just for funsies. (laughs) And with that public service announcement out of the way, we'll close off the headlines for the night. Heath, Eli, thanks as always. Jumanji. And when we come back, we'll learn that Moses was so sexy he could harden a heart. As an atheist, you spend quite a bit of time explaining to people that the Bible is, in fact, not a book of good moral fables, as most people believe, but rather an exceedingly dull and complex set of biographies held together by batshit mythology and genocide, which a terrifying percentage of the world thinks is 100% true. People are familiar with Exodus through sanitized, made-for-TV, Disney-esque retellings and are thus wholly unprepared for the mind-numbing redundancy of this genocidal lie. But if the first time didn't kill us, the second time will only make us stronger, so we're pleased to present Bible Peace Theater. Last time on Bible Peace Theater. 
I'm Moses. Let my people go. Um, no. Eh, so it goes. Knock, knock. Oh, don't do that, Kyle. Just come on right in. Okay, Pharaoh. Well, after last time, I just uh, thought... I was uh, holding the cantaloupe at waist height for a, a thing what? I yep, was doing. Yep, 100%. Cantaloupe. Yes, absolutely. Waist, waist height. So, yep. about the juice. Oh, God damn it. What'd they do now? Uh, okay, so you know how you took away their brick building straw? Yes, uh, brick building straw, of course, right. So, so they're building a lot less bricks. What? I know, crazy. Uh, what do you want me to tell them about that? Well, um, tell them to stop being so lazy and to build more bricks. Build more bricks. You got it. Good. Okay. This is a weird side story. Right. But, uh, it's in the book, so... <laughs> though it goeth, right? Oh my god, is that your Moses? Pretty great, right? It's right? good, yeah. <laughs> it's good. He can't talk correctly. God? God? Whoa, there he is. Hey, mo money, mo problems. How'd it go with Pharaoh, huh? Uh, How'd not, it go over there? That's so good. I, I, I said let my people go, but he sort of told me where to stick it. See, if I were you, I would just avoid S's. As a I, I'm sorry, rule. what? Never mind. Look, big guy, it's like I told Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and Joseph, you're going to get your own land and you're going to have lots and right, lots of but, kids. But they all died without the land that you had promised them. Right, but I'm gonna. I'm gonna. You believe me, don't you? Oh, sir. Sir, yeah. Okay. Cool. Because I'm gonna. Look, just go ask the Pharaoh to let your people go. Uh, again? Uh, yeah. Exactly how many times am I going to ask? A crazy, crazy boring amount of times. You sir, I'm the one to ask? I have, I have uncircumcised lips. I'm sorry, you have what now? My lips. Did you, did you just call your lisp uncircumcised lips? Yeah. Hey, hot take? Don't do that. Why I'm not? It's, it's, it's a poetic flourish. Uh, just uh, go tell you what, just go talk to Pharaoh. All right, weirdo? I said weirdo. Children of Israel, listen to me. God will stop this slavery. Yes, question. Yeah, uh, sorry. Uh, random Jew in the crowd. Um, you know how you have your, your little speech thing? Super distracting. Yeah. I, I, do, do you mean my uncircumcised lips? Um, yeah, I guess that, that is what I mean. I, I would not call it that though. Gross metaphor. Okay, what about it? All right, well, one, seems like you're using a lot more S siblings than you have to, just to denote, you know, maybe search for some synonyms, maybe, instead of- Get a thesaurus, you dink. Yes, thank you, Dave. Get a thesaurus, exactly. And two, um, didn't you already ask Pharaoh to free us because God told you to? Yes, but this time will not be similar. Going out of your way for essence. Dave, okay, Dave, thank you, I got it, I got Sorry. it. Sorry, Yeah. Sorry. Uh, so, I think we're going to pass on your God thing, dude. Ah, shit. These be the heads of their father's houses, the sons of Reuben, the firstborn of Israel, Hannah, All right, so, uh, I'm thinking I'm going to give some Dungeons and Dragons a shot. Um, you played some of that, right? You know how that goes? 
Yeah, no, uh, quite a bit. Uh, you are going to hate Dungeons and Dragons. Wait, what? No, I like board games and strategy and stuff. I'm into board games and strategy, adorable. Okay, yeah. Let me put it this way: you, you know how much you love to play pretend with other adults. I. I have a whimsical side. You don't know. Yeah, and you know how much you love to take other adults who are playing pretend super seriously? Um, I, it is that. Yep, it's that with with dice rolling. Oh, okay. But dice have like, you know, some chance and strategy together. You got like... Nope, nope. 99% of the time, you don't even know why you're rolling the dice. What? Then why do you roll them? Because the dungeon master says you roll them. The who now? Okay, imagine a board game where the rules are made up on the fly by a slam poet. That's the dungeon master. That sounds absolutely awful. Yeah, it is awful. He, that's why nerds do it. If it wasn't awful, everyone would do it. Uh, I'm a dragonborn. You're 37, is what you are. Okay, 37. Moses, tell Pharaoh everything I have spoken to you. Wait, didn't, I'm sorry, didn't we just have this conversation? <laughs> oh, Momo, for sure, sure. You really don't get this book, do you? Also, did that genealogy just say that my father and mother were a nephew and an aunt? I know. Hot, right? Nope. Nope, not my thing. Wait, who asked you to sing? No, I did not my... <sighs> All right, look, go, go talk to Pharaoh, you inbred monster. Hey, maybe that's why I'm of uncircumcised... Uncircumcised lip. Yep, got it. Jesus. I would give Steve Ben in the willies. Hi, Pharaoh. Moses and his brother Aaron are here for their appointment with you. Sure, sure. Uh, send them in. Let my people go. Um, still no? We good? We done? <laughs> Throw him, Aaron. Throw your stick. Oh, uh, okay. Ta-da! Oh, the magic trick? Did you just do a magic trick? Is that what this is? Yep. God said you'd be all like, ooh, Sid, did you see that? Okay. Um, racist. Uh, I'm the pharaoh. I have like eight magicians. Uh, whenever I want, I can have a magic trick. Hey, magicians, uh, do that that he just did. Uh, oh, yeah? See this? Ooh, ooh, ooh. Aaron swallowed all your rods. Dude, Moses. What? You had no better way to put that we than I swallowed. swallow the rods. Okay. Uh, Yu-Gi-Oh, you win the magic battle, obviously. So you'll let my people go? Um, nope. But, uh, Aaron, if you leave a business card, I'll give you a ring. If I have a bat mitzvah coming, something like that. You'll be so sorry. Okay, I'd actually would like to leave a business card if that's cool. Yeah, no, great, great showman. Oh, that Thank was fun. you. Thank you. Lou, 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 doing balcony stuff. Balcony stuff is my favorite stuff. Hey, Pharaoh. Hey, Moses. Um, what are you up to down there? Uh, watch this. Um, you turn the water red. No, no, it's not just red. It's blood. Wh whose blood? Well, it's nobody's blood. It's just, it's just blood. I mean, that's gross. W were you going for gross? I, I was not going for gross. No. Well, it's gross. Also, my magicians can do that trick. Also, so 
you know, just bad all around. You're, you're not doing well. Let my people go? No. Pharaoh, Pharaoh. Oh, good. He, he's back. Moses, what's up? Gonna let my suffering siblings out of their servitude now? Because there are frogs? Yes. That threatening frogs. The most fearsome of beasts. Nope. Um, not even like top 50. Uh, really? Frogs? Really? Yeah, man. We're in Africa. Uh, also, my magicians can do this trick too. Rick, Rick, do the, do the frog thing. Show them. What? See? Classic. Thanks, Rick. Good, good work. Let my people go? You know what? Um, sure. Just uh, get rid of the frogs and we'll do that. Really? Totes, yep. Okay. <laughs> I'm just fucking with you. Absolutely not. Damn it. Can't believe you fell for that. You're stupid. Moses, where's, where's Moses? Oh, hello, Pharaoh. Okay, did you do this? Oh, do what? Is, is something's the matter? Yeah, something's the matter. You gave us lice. Yes, I did. Okay, so you're saying your third plague is lice? I didn't realize so many fourth grade classes pissed off Yahweh. That's Seriously, right. Seriously, lice? Lice. Lice. Can your magicians do that? Um, uh, hey, Rick. Come here for a second. Yeah, can you do the lice thing? He, he says your God is real because he can't do that trick. See? See, are you going to let my people go? Because you gave me lice? No. I'm going to get a haircut, shampoo with mayo or whatever. And also calm my wife down because she is freaking out. She's got like a lice thing. So that's a whole nightmare. Thanks for that. Sorry. Asshole. Well, uh, I do keep your family as slaves, so. All right, so the, the next plague would be flies. Ooh, ooh. Okay, can, but can we not do the sound effect? What sound effect? The flies. Like, I wear headphones when I'm listening to podcasts, and whenever anyone does, like, a fly sound effect, it, it totally freaks me out because it feels you, like no, there's a fly yeah, in my like ear. It's in your ear. I hate that, too. Okay, but what are we going to use for the sound effect? I, I actually have an idea for that. Oh, you man, these flies. There's flies everywhere. You Moses, Moses. Son. Yes, Pharaoh? Um, please go sacrifice something to your god so these flies disappear. It's gross. You, you want to let my people go? Yeah, no, totally. I will do that. No backsies? No backsies. They're everywhere. Please just do it. Okay. So, are you going to let my people... Nope. (laughs) Darn it. Twice. It's twice you fell for that. You're so dumb. You played the uh, Mystic River clip? Yeah. 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 Got it. And so the plagues continued, but Pharaoh hardened his heart after each time. Uh, what if I kill your cows? Um, no. Boils? No Peruni. Fearsome hail? Not happening. Nope. Locusts? No. Three days of darkness. How about three days of darkness? Oh, no. What will I do? Oh, that's right. It's called a match. Seriously, <sighs> darkness? Sarah. Sarah, get in here. Yes, Mr. God. So, tell me, did my nine plagues work? Um, no. You keep hardening Pharaoh's heart, sir. Kind of, uh, defeats the purpose. 
Oh, hey, Sarah, do you have any of the early seasons of Scrubs? My place only has the last one. Tyler, what oh, are you doing up here? Hey, God, how's your, uh, how's your bug thing going? I'm I'm doing plagues. What do you mean, my bug thing? Oh come on, your plagues are like thirty percent bugs at this point. I d- I did a darkness one. I did. Oh a no, one. right, that thing that happens once a day. The Egyptians must have really lost their shit over that one. Okay, you know what? That's it. I'm going for the big gun, Sarah. Kill Baron. Um, how does killing Baron make the Egyptians uh, do? I mean, what, kill what kill want? all the firstborn sons. Kill them all. That'll, that'll show him the firstborn's all dead. Um, Baron's the youngest, sir. Yeah, he's the first youngest born. Cool, cool. Okay, just gonna roll with that. <coughs> knock, knock. Kyle, uh, what's, what's happened to you? Always, always good with names. Boy, his last plague sure is a doozy, isn't it, Pharaoh? Yeah, um, we need some some help here. Somebody call a doctor. He's no. not looking good. No, I don't need a doctor. Just, I just need to rest. Kyle, Kyle, no, you can't die. I um, I need you to transmit information in a, you know, sassy yet meta way, like you do. Oh, Pharaoh, you never needed me for that. You brought a meta third person perspective, all on your own. But, but Kyle, you uh, you. It's okay, boss. No, this was. No. Never gonna work if they didn't have something to. Is that from Avengers? It is, remember? Oh my god, I cried like a baby. I oh, me too. Me too. Great movie. So Such good. Such a good movie. Right? So good. Thanos was correct. Yeah. And on that nearly somber note, we'll take a break to remind you that God is supposed to be the good guy in this story and that we'll be back next month for more Bible Peace Theater. Before we drop the ball in 2018, I want to remind you that if you'd like to start the New Year's right, you can still get tickets to our live record of God Awful Movies in Dallas on January 12th. We've still got a couple of platinum tickets available and plenty of general admission. Check out the show notes for a link to find out more. Anyway, that's all the blast movie we've got for you tonight, but we'll be back in 10,022 minutes with more. If you can't wait that long, be on the lookout for a brand new episode of our sister show's hot friend, God Awful Movies, debuting at 7 a.m. Eastern on Tuesday, and an even newer episode of our half sister show, Citation Needed, debuting at noon Eastern on Wednesday. Obviously, I need to thank the brilliant and witty Heath Enright for all the brilliant wit. I need to thank the lovely and talented Lucinda Lusions for all the lovely talent, and I need to thank the benevolent and bountiful Eli Bosnick for all the good and plenty. I also want to thank Greta for this week's Farnsworth quote. Also want to throw out an apology about all those unsolicited dick pics. I will talk to Eli. I'll get that under control. But most of all, of course, I want to thank this week's best people. Matthew, Michael, Anthony, Guy, Katie, Samantha, Taylor, Evenload, Benjamin, Taylor, Dr. Ace Manliness, and Stephen. Matthew, Michael, Anthony, and Guy, whose balls don't need a calendar change to fill Times Square. Katie, Samantha, Taylor, and Evenload, whose IQs were doing numbers greater than 2018 before it was cool. And Benjamin, Taylor, Dr. Ace, and Steven, whose cocks are so long the head will celebrate the new year well before the balls. Together, these 12 tremendous traducers of the tabernacle typified the tenderheartedness of our troop with a token of treasure to extend our tussle against the turpitude of the temple this week by giving us money. Not everybody has the money it takes to give us money, but if you'd like to prove yourself worthy, you can make a per-episode donation at patreon.com slash 
slash scathingatheist, whereby you'll earn early access to an extended ad-free version of every episode, or you can make a one-time donation by clicking on the donate button on the right side of the homepage at scathingatheist.com. And if you'd like to help, but not if it costs you money, you can also help a ton by liking our Facebook page, subscribing to our YouTube channel, sharing our stuff, and leaving a five-star review on iTunes. Admittedly, though, at this point, it would probably be easier to just give us money. Legal services for this podcast are provided by the law offices of P. Andrew Torres. Tim Robertson handles our social media, and our audio engineer is Morgan Clark, who also wrote all the music that was used in this episode, which was used with permission. If you have questions, comments, or death threats, you'll find all the contact info on the contact page at scathingatheist.com. Oh my god, I got to try to explain what I do for a living to a dumb Christian person yesterday. It was so much fun. Oh, that's awesome. Because he kept asking questions. Okay, so binary code is the thing that they came up with. All right, you know how lights are either on or off. The preceding podcast was a production of Puzzle and a Thunderstorm, LLC. Copyright 2018. All rights reserved.